Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, the passion, that is the suffering of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. This consists of a reading of John chapter 18 and 19 from the Christian Standard Version. And I read, After Jesus had said these things, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley, where there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas took a company of soldiers and some temple police from the chief priests and the Pharisees and came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing everything that was about to happen to him, went out and said to them, Who is it you are looking for? Jesus the Nazarene, they answered. I am, Jesus told them. Judas, who betrayed him, was also standing with him. When he told them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Then he asked them again, Who is it you are looking for? Jesus the Nazarene, they said. I told you I am he, Jesus replied. So if you're looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the words he had said. I've not lost one of those you have given me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck this high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. At that, Jesus said to Peter, sheath your sword. Am I not to drink the cup the Father has given me? Then the company of soldiers, the commander and the Jewish temple police, arrested Jesus and tied him up. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was advantageous that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter was following Jesus, as was another disciple. We assume that disciple to be John, who wrote this gospel. That disciple was an acquaintance of the high priest, so he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Peter remained outside, standing by the door. So the other disciple, the one known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the girl who was the doorkeeper and brought Peter in. Then the servant girl, who was the doorkeeper, said to Peter, You aren't one of the man's disciples too, are you? I am not, he said. Now the servants and the officials had made a charcoal fire because it was cold. They were standing there warming themselves, and Peter was standing with them warming himself. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. I've spoken openly to the world, Jesus answered him. I've always taught in the synagogue and in the temple and where all the Jews congregate, and I haven't spoken anything in secret. Why do you question me? Question those who heard what I told them. Look, they know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officials standing by slapped Jesus, saying, Is this the way you answer the high priest? If I've spoken wrongly, Jesus answered him, give evidence about the wrong. But if right, why do you hit me? Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They said to him, You are one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Peter denied it again. Immediately, a rooster crowed. 
Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They did not enter the headquarters themselves, otherwise they would be defiled and unable to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and said, What charge do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man weren't a criminal, we wouldn't have handed him over to you. Pilate told them, You take him and judge him according to your law. It's not legal for us to put anyone to death, the Jews declared. They said this so that Jesus' words might be fulfilled, indicating what kind of death he was going to die. Then Pilate went back into the headquarters, summoned Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you asking this on your own, or have others told you about me? I am not a Jew, am I? Pilate replied. Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? My kingdom is not of this world, said Jesus. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. You are a king then, Pilate asked. You say that I am, Jesus replied. Now that is an indication that Jesus is acknowledging it. You say that I am. That was why I was born. And I've come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. What is truth, said Pilate. After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no grounds for charging him. You have a custom that I release one prisoner to you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They shouted back, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a revolutionary. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers also twisted together a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and clothed him in a purple robe. And they kept coming up to him and saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and were slapping his face. Pilate went outside again and said to them, Look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know I find no grounds for charging him. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priest and the temple servants saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! Pilate responded, Take him and crucify him yourself, since I find no grounds for charging him. We have a law, the Jews replied to him, and according to that law he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was more afraid than ever. He went back into the headquarters and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus did not give him an answer. So Pilate said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? You would have no authority over me at all, Jesus answered him, if it hadn't been given you from above. This is why the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. From that moment, Pilate kept trying to release him. But the Jews shouted, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friends, and anyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside. He sat down on the judge's seat in a place called the Stone Pavement, but in Aramaic, Gabbatha. It was the preparation day for the Passover, and it was about noon. Then he told the Jews, 
Here is your king. They shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Pilate said to them, should I crucify your king? We have no king but Caesar, the chief priest answered. Then he handed him over to be crucified. Then they took Jesus, carrying the cross by himself. He went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side with Jesus in the middle. Pilate also had a sign made and put on the cross. It said, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. So the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, don't write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate replied, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, a part for each soldier. They also took the tunic, which was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, let's not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who gets it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that says, they divided my clothes among themselves and they cast lots for my clothing. This is what the soldiers did. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing there, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. After this, when Jesus knew that everything was now finished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I am thirsty. And a jar full of sour wine was sitting there. So they fixed a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and handed it up to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Then bowing his head, he gave up the spirit. Now just a word of interpretation. When Jesus said, I am thirsty, and they put a drink in a sponge on a hyssop branch and held it up to his mouth, you should think about the hyssop branches on the Passover. When the Lord told Moses to have a lamb slain, and to take the blood and with a hyssop brush to put it on the doorpost of the households of the Israelites so that when the death angel passed through, the Hebrews would be spared. Their lives would be saved by the blood of the lamb. Back to the text. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Then bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Since it was a preparation day, the Jews did not want the bodies to remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a special day. Now we should note that there is the weekly Sabbath on the seventh day, what we call Saturday, but every high holy day, that is 
the feast days that the Lord had instituted in Leviticus 23, each one of those days, no matter on what day of the week it fell, was also a Sabbath day, a high or a special Sabbath. So there's two Sabbaths in a row, the Passover day, Sabbath, and then the seventh week, Sabbath. This is why a number of people believe that the crucifixion actually occurred on what we would call Thursday, that he died on that day. And we have to remember that the Jews counted days from evening to evening. So if Christ died on that day, then what we call the first day of the week, uh, he came back to life and was already alive and it had escaped or left the cave where he had been buried when the women came at the break of dawn to anoint his body. Back to the text. They requested that Pilate have the men's leg broken and that their bodies be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other one with who had been crucified with Jesus. When they came to Jesus, they did not break his legs since they saw that he was already dead. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified, so that you also may believe. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth. For these things happen so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. Also, another scripture says, they will look at the one they pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate, that he might remove Jesus' body. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and took his body away. Nicodemus, who had previously come to him at night, we read about that in John 3, who had also evidently come to believe in Christ, also came, bringing a mixture of about 75 pounds of myrrh and alloys. They took Jesus' body and wrapped it in linen cloths with the fragrant spices according to the burial custom of the Jews. There was a garden in the place where he was crucified. A new tomb was in the garden. No one had yet been placed in it. They placed Jesus there because of the Jewish day of preparation and since that tomb was nearby. Thus ends the reading of the passion or the suffering, the intense suffering of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, on the day of his crucifixion and burial. Hear this prayer. Almighty God, we pray you graciously behold this, your family, that is, all believers who believe in Jesus Christ and call upon his name to save them by means of his death and resurrection from the dead. Almighty God, we pray you graciously look upon this, your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and given into the hands of sinners and to suffer death upon the cross, who now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights, reading The Passion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.